to the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Travis. That's Alex. And finally, somebody on this podcast released a video. And it was me. What's with that? Yeah. Yeah. What's with that? What are you doing? What are you doing boarding? You're skateboarding over there? Tony Hawking. I'm Tony Hawking it. That's what they say. That's what all the kids are saying now. You know how Tony, you know how relevant Tony Hawk still is because you see kids out there skateboarding. (laughs) I almost hit three skateboarders on my way uh, to get my mail this morning because every kid is skateboarding. <laughs> and this is good because Tony Hawk games are finally making a comeback. They're, they're revamping that old series, which is good. I think that's great. I love it. I think it's good. It looks really good, too. They are really doing a great job uh, keeping the series consistent with what it used to be. Yeah. Based on what I can see, which is tremendous. Yeah. Needs more Limp biscuit. I'll say that about it. But other than... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, that is cool. And, you know... It was I, I did a video about skateboarding games, not in the spirit of Tony Hawk. Um, I planned so far ahead. I remember thinking back in July, I was like, you know, in September, kids are going to school. And back in the day, I remember some kids would skateboard to school. So that was the only connection that I had to um, to September and releasing a game or a video about <laughs> skateboarding games was that I one time saw a kid skateboard in September. So uh, th- that video had Skater Die, Skater Die 2, and 720. And Skater Die 2 is maybe the weirdest story premise for a video game I have ever encountered. Story premise? It There's has a, a story? Yes. Yeah, so it's not like Skater Die 1. Skater Die 1 is the collection of, you know, basically mini games. Um, Skater Die 2 is like a full-on, and I say in the video, side-rolling platformer, because you're on a skateboard, and the game starts off, the whole premise is that you and your bros are out skateboarding, you know, going around the mall, doing ollies, getting diet or getting not diet coke. You wouldn't get a diet coke. Getting a tab, drinking tab, and <laughs> um, and and spray painting uh, a church. And as you're going down the street, the mayor's wife is walking is out walking her poodle as mayor's wives do. And you and your bros can't stop in time, and you squish her poodle. You kill it. This is in the game. This is a cutscene of the oh, opening game. You kill her dog. That's lovely, lovely. And, yeah. yeah, and uh, she naturally upset by this convinces her husband to start an anti-skate ban and you don't like this (laughs) so you and your guys have to get together and the first the first mission is you just have to take her out you just get her alone in a warehouse and 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 throw throw stuff at her until she goes away yeah yeah so you basically until she until she dies assumedly yeah and then after that, you have to get like a building permit to build your own skate park in the town. Like that's the whole piece. To, you piece it all together. That's what you do. <laughs> it's insane though, right? Like how many? That's such a like killing a dog and then and then killing an old lady because she. Like it's insane. It's, it's an it insane. It sounds place. like it sounds like some sort of like Beavis and Butthead, Ren and Stimpy horror movie hybrid kind of a thing. I don't even know how to describe that. That sounds ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, it's Skater Die Two though. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Skater Die Two. All I think right. there's like a Skater subtitle like Skater Die Two, like Trouble in something or I don't remember, but the music's pretty cool. I'll give it that. Tr- trouble with life is what it should be. <laughs> um, Skater Die, the first game, I really like. Still, I still enjoy playing that one every once in a while. 
I'm still good at that Joust game. Dude, Joust. Um, Joust is fun. I, I do really like that one. Uh, the half pipe I was kind of good at. Um, Joust has no has no business being as, as addictive as it is, really, because it's very it's simple. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's real simple, and it's just back and forth. Um, it feels like it should be like an American Gladiators kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't they just copy what this was? Because <laughs> this is this is pretty cool. But um, yeah, and uh, what were some of the other ones? There was an obstacle course. Yeah, uh, it was like a downhill race, and then there's another one. Oh, where downhill you, race. You yeah, go down, uh, or you go through some streets, and you got to beat up the other dude. It's kind of like a road rash version of skateboarding. Yeah. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. wanted to make the joke though that Skater Die Two, if it does have a, a subtitle, it could be Trouble in Poodle Dice, because <laughs> the because the dog the dog was murdered. Okay. The dog was brutally murdered. Yes. Yes, indeed. Very sad. Uh, but yeah, that was it. So I released, uh, you know, that one. Uh, you're still on your on your hiatus, as they say. Still taking a break, so that's good. Probably, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Good for you. Uh, no, I uh, no, I just enjoy not thinking about any of that stuff for a while. Uh, just want to play Fall Guys and Mario Sports Superstars. And keep I'm keep fine at with it. that. Yeah, dude. And maybe you know what? Maybe I'll fire up my Madden 2008 season franchise. Bring it back. And uh, where every single original player has since retired from the league. Except for Frank and, Gore. Frank Gore is and, still there. Oh, yes, exactly. Except <laughs> for Frank Gore. Still going three yards a carry. No matter what. Uh, and he's played for all 32 teams. Or there's probably like 40 teams at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, No, I, I, I and I'm still playing Griffey Baseball, of course. Of course. But uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I just, you know. Want to take a real break instead of a fake break where I am still actually doing all sorts of stuff and taking notes and all that sort of stuff. And I think it's good. Just want uh, thank you. I, I, it's nice to hear that. Nice to hear the support. Um, and I just you know uh, hope I can come back strong as ever. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll come back yeah. with uh, with your your commentary uh, parody video of you just commentating Mario sports games, and I cannot wait for it. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there for that. You know what? You know what? Kind of part of it is now that I think of it is because I'm getting into kind of the dregs of the Super Nintendo uh, lifespan, so to speak, with games like Scooby Doo mm-hmm. and uh, Time Tracks and stuff like that. And it's it feels like there's a little more pressure to be entertaining because yeah. the game the game isn't entertaining at all. Right, right. The game is really boring. Like Scooby Doo is a very slow game, and there's not a lot going on. Uh, and there's a bunch of games like that. When once you get to where I'm at, and it's like yeah, that goes with the territory of when you reach the uh, the bitter bitter end of a uh, catalog's life lifespan but uh no it's it's i'm still trying to find more stuff to be interesting and to it's just it kind of takes a lot out of you when it when it's like okay the pressure's on you to make this interesting yeah and i'm i'm finding that out the hard way i think that's part of it so yeah yeah. that's fair yeah i mean i'm sure you'll think of something and time off will help you do that so that's good right on all right coming up next we got some emails uh starting out here we have one from greg mcscatty it's a pretty sweet name he says, uh, hello, Mr. Drunk and Mr. Friend. That's very formal. You can just call us uh, Alex and Trev. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I was wondering what three games you would take with you if you were sent to a desert 
Island. Personally, I would cheat the system by taking a Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World Kart, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection, and the Doom 3 BFG Collection so that I could play both Doom 1 and 2. Keep up the good work, Greg. That's, that is cheat the system, Greg, but that's, that's smart. You know, that's no, smart. That's, that's what you should do. You should I definitely mean, cheat the you'd system, be, yeah. You'd be dumb not to do that. But if we're playing by the rules here and you can only take one game, uh, you, you can't cheat the system. And you can only take one game for each cartridge, so to speak, or for each uh, CD or whatever. Uh, I think I'm going Chrono Trigger. I think I'm going Mega Man X. And I think I got to go Super Mario World. I think those are my three. Those are your three. Yeah. What are your three? Whew. Uh, I got to go with The Legend of Zelda, the OG. I think there's. I haven't played the second quest. I mean, look, that's a whole new game I'm taking. Oh, up there here. you go. That'll you know? that'll keep you occupied on the, out on this island that has no electricity. <laughs> that's right. Uh, maybe a Star Tropics. Take Star Tropics out there with me. Star Tropics, really? Yeah. Why not? It, that game is hard as hell. I've like, never you, beaten it. I have all. I have all the time on this. You have all island. the time in the world to be frustrated by the the BS in that game. Can't wait. I can't wait. You ship me out to that island right now? I'll, I'll do it right now. I'm pretty stoked about it. And, uh, oh, man, I don't know. Um, maybe uh, maybe a Castlevania 3. I don't know. I'm kind of winging it here. But I, that's another one that I've yet to actually beat. I've gotten pretty far. But I'm thinking put me out on the desert island with some hard games I love. I'll eventually beat them. That's one of those games I saw uh, Hungry Garaya beat on her stream. Oh, my God. The game is, is such garbage towards the end. And oh, I don't yeah. mean garbage as in bad. I mean garbage as in just like... You know, knockback. Oh. The knockback and just level design and all that stuff, and it's just like screw this game. You just want to drop kick it into the into the sun, yeah, and just forget about forget it exists forever. And yeah, no, yeah, I, and you'd have plenty of time to. I'd get there eventually. Not, yeah, you'd get there eventually. Get there eventually. We got another email from Musty, our old friend oh. Musty. AKA Xboxer Briefs on YouTube. That's right. Go look that up right now. Check it's a great out. channel for Xbox games, the original Xbox games. It says, Hey, Alex and Travis, as both a content creator and a content consumer, I tend to see others out there who are very vocal about their creative process on social media, mainly Twitter. A few times a week, I'll see someone tweeting about their script writing or their struggles with script writing, talking about how much footage they have for a video or how much time they've invested in editing this next one, venting about having to wait on a piece of technology that will streamline how they will do their videos and overall teasing their next video, review, blog, post, etc., etc. This is all in addition to promoting the content once it has been <laughs> released. I look at all this quote-unquote pre-release activity and wonder if I'm missing opportunities to increase engagement with my own content by not doing it. <laughs> I get what he's saying here. It's a bit of a subtext here, folks. Yeah. yeah. Be between the two of you, I rarely, see, I rarely see you out there with this kind of messaging, so I'm intrigued to get your take on creators who do this and or hear any advice you have on managing social media to help drive people toward your content. Looking for your looking forward toward your input wait a second looking forward to your input love your show love the show rather thanks musty joe xboxer briefs you want to take this one first 
Yeah, I will say all that was written correctly, and Alex just can't read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was written correctly, and I can't read. <laughs> no, I uh, I think this is a, actually an interesting question because I think I'm actually in the same boat as Musty. I see this, and I'm like, do I should people do this? But I personally, I I'm kind of put off when I see those things, and I don't know what that I don't know why that is. Like, it's weird. It's like the um, it's like you're it's like teasing your content but that that means that you you think your content is is worthy of teasing if that makes any sense and it's like <laughs> i don't feel that way about my about my content i wouldn't like show like a a piece of uh like a like a snippet of a piece of box art and be like look what's coming up next and people and expect <laughs> people to be like oh my god he's doing the skateboarding games I wouldn't expect that, and I don't know if that's why people do it. Like, maybe they think, you know, maybe that's their fun way of being coy with their content. But, like, I don't know that – to me, when I detect that people are doing that, I kind of am like, who do you think you are with all of this? But I, I get, like, people kind of venting about certain things like, uh, I just had, you know, you know, the worst experience with uh, this piece of technology or whatever. Like, that's – I mean, that, sometimes that makes for, like, just good a good tweet. You know, just, well, just lost, you know, this whole day. Now I'm going to go drink a beer and pass out in my garage. Like, that could be fun. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't the, the the whole, he coined pre-release activity and chronicling, like, every step of the process. Like, up, oh, just got 17 hours of footage on this. It's like, great. <laughs> That's really awesome. Pretty sweet, man. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad to do that. I just, personally, it doesn't. It it doesn't affect me at all regarding their content, I guess. Yeah, I don't really care. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, do you see chefs, you know, that are like, well, I went to the grocery store, and, boy, I went to the deli counter, and, boy, this guy was just a pain in the ass, and I the, the, the deli, the meat wasn't sliced the width I wanted it to be, and it's just, ugh. Oh. You know what right. I mean? Like it's it's another you know I'm trying to make a labored analogy here, but, but no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's 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 like I I don't the these are mundane details I don't care about. I'm sorry, but you know I'm sure they're important to you. They're not important to me. It doesn't mean they're important to a whole lot of other people. But um, that's how I see it. I see it as like you're grocery shopping, you're putting in the work, and you're bitching about the work on a public forum. It doesn't entitle anybody else to give a shit. But, it, yeah, uh, it doesn't. And there's there's bigger things to to complain about. But yeah, I, d- I don't think those types of things are if that's if your whole point is just to like have a way for people to engage you about your content. I don't think that's a good way to do it personally. Is complaining about the process. I sure yeah that no it, and uh, you hit it right there. It's it's I think some people see that as like. Oh, I, I put look, look at the amount of work I'm putting into this. That means that you should watch it yes. 17 times once it's out because I put so much work. And it's like, no, I'll watch <laughs> when I want, you know, if it's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a big thing, too. I, I see that a lot where people be like, dude, I, I, I spent 30 hours editing this and and it's only gotten this many views and, and, and it's oh, YouTube's God. fault. And it's like, well, you know, it could it's be that it's the algorithm's fault. You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't the that algorithm good. doesn't like me, and it's like maybe, yeah. but it seems like also that a lot of people that watched it didn't like it either. 
Like that's maybe yeah. maybe YouTube and those people are in, in, in it. The amount of work you put into something does not equate to quality. I mean, I could play guitar all day long. You're not going to like a second of it. So, yeah, there you go. That's a good. That's there you go. It's you can how to play guitar in four easy steps and and it's like I'm going to put this on YouTube. I think it's so good. I put so much work into it, and it's like no, nobody cares. Too bad. Yeah. So sad. Yeah, it's true, and I, I I want people to be better, and I'm I'm you know, I'm all, I'm all for uh, people, you know, reaching out through through those means and be like, hey, I'm having trouble with the script. Does anyone have any ideas or anything like that? I mean, that's perfect. I, I mean, I personally wouldn't be able to contribute to their problem, but somebody might be able to. But that's better than like, you know, complaining about it. You know, asking for help is is is, is a whole different thing. So anyway, that's yeah. a good question though, Musty. And I think I don't think no, I don't think you're missing anything by not doing it. But you you kind of ask a second question, which we didn't touch on, which is like, what is a good way to manage your social media and and let people you know see your stuff better? And I'm personally not very good at that. I just when it publishes, I send a tweet, and I don't think there's a whole lot of I don't think there's a whole lot of interaction between the tweet and and the the video itself. I think it's awareness for people that already follow me and would get it anyway. But I, I think we're at the whim of YouTube to take care of a lot of it for us, unfortunately. Well, what you got to do is you got to do drunk AMAs on Twitter <laughs> at 5 a.m. That helps. On, uh, yeah. No, don't do what I do because <laughs> that's stupid. Um no, it's that's a tough question. Um, when it comes to uh, managing social media and driving people toward your kind of using that to drive you, I never saw it as a vehicle to drive people to my content. If that and that sounds hypocritical because I do link my stuff, but I see social media as me driving my driving me content <laughs> first and foremost you know what i mean like if i've got like some snarky observation about like a bad referee call in a in an nfl game or in like a baseball game or something that to me takes priority over some sort of like link that i'm going to send out i guess if that makes any sort of sense like no it does i think you, you- yeah, you're trying to sell people on your personality, and you also yeah. make, make videos that you link out. You're yeah, it's yeah. it's it's me first, and what I make second. That's right on, that's yeah. kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because that's what it was. That's how Twitter started for me when I was first starting. When I first got addicted to freaking Twitter, when I was back in 2009, when I used it as like a chat room to you know bitch about the Minnesota Vikings when <laughs> <laughs> when I first started. Because I was like, oh, my God, uh, Cordero Patterson is a terrible wide receiver. We need to release him right now. You know, and that's that was like that meant the world to me to get like three likes on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if if I'm going to send out like, you know, like, oh, by the way, here's something I made. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's... so so be it. That's fine. Yeah, you hope that people are following you and then they get all these other right. things. Plus, perhaps some insight like... into your channel. Yeah. I feel like that's how it's supposed to work, yeah. I agree, yeah. We, you know, we're all a little bit guilty of doing Twitter wrong at times and everyone's still trying to figure it out. But I think that's the way to do it is to no, be a person first and a content creator second. I do Twitter wrong all the time, uh, especially when I've been drinking too much. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we have our very first guest from New Zealand. Ooh. New Zealand, what? Wow. Yeah, she's a, she's a bit of a departure from our usual gaming-related stuff. She's actually an art teacher 
and she started her own YouTube channel within the last year or so, and she's been filming tutorials for the proper techniques on how to draw. It's really been interesting. I've really enjoyed watching her. Uh, She's kind of like making up her channel as she goes, and it's been fascinating to watch. Um, I discovered her by complete serendipity, just browsing through YouTube one day, uh, and I I was completely entranced. I just loved everything I saw. So I just had to reach out to her and she agreed to come on. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, you're in New Zealand and there's like a 17-hour time difference between <laughs> us. Yeah. And um, and since especially I was a huge fan, I'm still a huge fan of Bob Ross. Uh, I was a huge fan growing up. Uh, I'm really inspired by her channel. And since my mom uh, was an artist, uh, I am always compelled to support talented artist anytime i can right on uh that that includes uh our friend uh the renaissance that we had on a couple weeks ago and that includes this gal coming on layla atela i hope you like her Layla, thank you so much for for joining us here. And as Alex alluded to in our pre-record, you're actually from the future to us. You're you're in Auckland, New Zealand. It is currently 1 p.m. there. It's actually 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. respectively here. So what is the future like? And again, thank you so much for coming on our show. Oh, thank you so much, guys, for having me. Um, Yes, well, for you, it's the future. For me, it's like you guys from the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it sort of goes both ways it's a little bit strange yes it's sunday it's um 1 p.m around 1 p.m um yeah and the weather is looking great here and it's not just that we are sort of having a different day we're also having a different season so it's end of the winter for us so we're going to be going into spring like from next month oh my goodness i didn't even think of that so yeah, we're out here where we are, where Trav and I are, it's the end of summer and uh, we're, you know, it, it's been one of the hottest summers for us, uh, 100 degrees every day uh, and 100 degrees Fahrenheit, oh, wow. uh, which would be, I'm not even sure what that would be Celsius. I'm sorry, but <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. It's yeah. also a lot of Celsius. Yeah, it's it's a it lot. Sounds of... very hot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very hot Celsius. Yeah, uh, take our word for it. But I didn't even think of that. That's interesting. But um, I just wanted to say um, I first found your channel, Layla, on an ASMR compilation uh, on one of those channels, and I wanted to ask you: Was the ASMR thing? Did it end up being like a com- complete coincidence? Or is that something you set out to do from the start when you started a YouTube channel? And how did that work? The whole thing was kind of, um, you know, since I've started doing videos for YouTube, there was like a surprise after a surprise after a surprise. So many things I found out about (laughs) myself that I just didn't, you know, had no idea. Um, No, I've never actually thought that I have a relaxing ASMR voice. That never even crossed my mind. I don't know if it's just the microphone that does it or if it's, you know, perhaps when I'm relaxed and when I'm drawing or painting or explaining things, it becomes more relaxing. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it has been a surprise for me. So I started to do these videos um, and I wasn't posting anything regular, like maybe once every couple of months or something like this. And then I decided to do a tutorial 
where because the videos that I would post before had sort of like a background music and you know I, I didn't I would not talk there and I was actually really shy <laughs> because of my accent I sort of felt that Aww. people are going to start to to comment like you know learn the language properly before you film and stuff like this but it, it was a completely sort of a it was yeah it was a very opposite reaction to what i was expecting wow and so then yeah that's crazy yeah so that this is this whole thing has been kind of a because that's how i found you initially and then i found out that you're actually a teacher and not only are you a teacher you're an excellent teacher and I haven't taken Thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, I haven't taken illustration classes since I was uh, 19 years old. And you were kind of an inspiration for me to bust out my old uh, marker. You know, I've got markers, uh, gray, uh, grayscale markers. And what are these? I'm, I've got them right over here, actually. The, the old Prismacolor markers that are they're like super expensive and you know they require that you you buy them for your illustration classes and stuff like that and and you uh, your videos <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead yeah no i'm i'm really really happy that it's inspired you because that's what you know that's what i was hoping to get is to get people you know maybe back into doing something creative because a lot of people you know start to do things like doodling and things like that say when they're in high school or you know something like that and then they just drop that all together because you know life takes hold and there's no time and then they forget about it but it's such a big thing i think for you know even just just if you think of us you know because we're human beings we need you know an outlet where we can let this steam out without sort of a uh, without it happening in a more negative maybe harsh way so i mm. think that's where the creativity really comes now more than ever especially uh now that we're all i I mean us americans you you new zealanders got your stuff together it seems like when it comes to the coronavirus uh but uh us in the states we're uh, (laughs) we're a little uh we're slacking i guess uh (laughs) but no now more than ever we're still in the lockdown I'm sorry. We're still in the lock. We're still in the lockdown. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. You, you, but you had a brief period there where it was no, uh, no cases. I think for a brief amount of time. And, yeah. But you were your country's responsible enough to be like, hey, uh, we should probably go back in the lockdown once we have cases. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, and that's what's <laughs> happened. Yeah. So there were a few cases, um, and it's mainly the Auckland that um, is on lockdown. The rest oh. of New Zealand is on level two. And it's, yeah, because they found few cases um, uh, that just, you know, and apparently it's just all one cluster. So they kind of have it all under control. And hopefully from tomorrow, Auckland is going on to level two as well. Uh, so if everything oh. goes well, it's it's going to be a little bit more relaxed, you know? Yeah. Good luck. Hopefully that works out. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so too. That's um, one of my favorite videos of yours was one you released not too long ago where it really was just you saying like it, what you just said. Hey, uh, we all have some sort of creative itch that we need to scratch every once in a while. And here's and you were basically just putting yourself out there saying like, hey, here's how I can help you with that. And this is uh, I'll be honest with you. This is normally a gaming podcast and we talk video games and stuff like that. But I love what you're doing with your channel because number one, I can see it grow from like as an outsider's perspective because I, I latched on from an early point. And number two is that you really care about 
uh, the creative process and helping inspire people. And I'm all about that. I am all about that. And I love that you're passionate about that too. So I just wanted to say thank you for <laughs> that video that you put out because it was a big inspiration to see that. And uh, I appreciate uh, what you're doing. Yeah, and it, it happens a lot. I think I do sort of talk about it in the video as well, where it's pretty much everywhere I would see people who just, you can tell, you can tell just by looking at them that this is something that interests them. Yeah. And then they find excuses to not do it. And these <laughs> excuses seem reasonable to them. And you can kind of see how, you know, if someone, you know, you trust to know better, but they'll tell you something, you know, like I said, the teachers, for example, or someone tell you, oh, no, you're not talented, you're, this is not your thing, you can't do this. This is definitely not going to be your, you know, life's course and things like that. And sometimes just one sentence that someone drops like that, you know, and that, that's it for the rest of the life. This person can go mm. and just never do something that they actually really want to but they know that they are not, you know, they're not talented. I mean, why would I be doing this? I was told that I've got, you know, this is, I've got no talent in this particular field whatsoever, so I better leave it for, you know, whoever's got the talent. Um, which is, like, in my opinion, I think if you are drawn to something, if you find things interesting, and it can be any kind of sport, it can be like sewing, you know, it can be, I don't know, crochet, you know, anything. Yeah. Um, art, music, if you feel that you, you're drawn to this, you can always take it up as a hobby and then you don't know where it's going to take you. I run, um, I'm an artist and I also run art classes. And, you know, I've had um, students that would come in, uh, say, for example, you know, kids and they try things out. And then because they've been doing classes for a few years, they actually decide, yes, I actually want to do this my career, you know, and it can be, it doesn't have to be a fine art, you know, it can be design. It can be architecture. You know, there's so many things that are like interlinked with art and just creative way of thinking, of putting your thoughts down on the paper and the way of sketching. And um, it's all really, really connected. And I even had like an adult classes. I've had a student who was, I think she was about just over 70 years old when she came into the classes. Wow. And she she loved it so much and she you know started creating lots of different paintings and drawings giving them away to her family and she started entering them into like different exhibitions competitions and she was earning enough money to completely cover all of her costs for the classes for the materials and even had some extra so you know that just shows that you're never too old you know it's yeah just, oh my gosh that's that's so cool yeah. to hear that's awesome that's I just have a huge smile on it. Yeah. It reminds me of I work in education for my like my real job. Um and I had a I just have to share a quick story real quick. Um I used to work mm -hmm. for a online school uh back in the day, back when those were first uh, starting and we had this older gal named Eunice and she was in her 80s and she her husband had just died. She needed something to uh, do, basically. And she had a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to just, hey, I want to take classes online. I can't, I'm not able enough to go out, you know, to a brick-and-mortar school to take classes and, you know, do all that stuff. Can I take classes online? And she kind of became my project at that point where I had to uh, schedule out her classes online. I had to teach her how to use 
the cl- the class format online and that sort of stuff and she was like just the best thing ever it's just like one of those unexpected gifts that you get where uh she was wonderful to work with because she really wanted to learn and i guess that's where it starts if you really want to learn it starts there and it'll the rest takes care of itself like if you really care it'll happen <laughs> i guess so exactly yeah 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 absolutely and i think also a lot of people put really high expectations on themselves as well so right they do give right. things a go and then they sort of expect oh i've been doing this for three weeks and i'm drawing as i don't know a youngster or something you know and so this is like oh this is obviously i'm not good at this people are going to laugh and you know all sorts of things and that's the thing if this is this can be something that you do for yourself or at least this is how it can start up and then once you know whatever that is you know if it takes hold over and it's just going to develop you you won't be able to stop at this thing right if you keep practicing it will just it will happen and um a lot of the times you know people you know sort of try to do things and sometimes for example like in my classes it might take few layers to actually get enough um richness in the paint for instance right and so it's so common especially with you know, new people that just come into my classes and they sort of feel like, oh, this is not turning out. This is all a disaster. This is not turning out. But the main reason is that you kind of have to have patience. So mm-hmm. whatever that stage for that particular artwork um, is at, that looks perfect for what it is now. It's just it's not a mm. finished product. So you cannot expect it to look like a finished product when you're just like a third way in, for example. So that I find that sort of stops a lot of people and that leads to people having a lot of unfinished works as well. Hmm. They start it off and they feel it's not going somewhere. It doesn't look right. The reason why they just didn't take it all the way through. Mm. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. It, people expect to be Rembrandt when they, you know, it's, they get their first lesson. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's yeah, not, it's not even, it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and it's and it's not necessarily that, you know, people sort of expect that they're going to be good. It's just that they are scared that they're going to be bad, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, and, and a lot of us, I mean, of course, it's a personal thing and everyone's different, but a lot of the times it's just that people are scared that they're just going to be so bad that they, you know, decide it's not it's not for them. Yeah. And there's a, there a, a thing that you touch on in um, at least one of your videos, I think when you were talking about how to... You know, your your thumbnail was like, I'm not talented, which was like, you know, whatever. And then you, you know, in the video, you talk about how like, you know, it's it definitely it takes patience and, and you don't just pick up a violin and immediately start playing the violin. Well, in fact, I'm sure anybody that picks up a violin uh, for the first time sounds terrible. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> so one thing I find really cool about your channel is that you do have a lot of of your your art that's obviously very takes you know a lot of skill a lot of talent some stuff that you've worked really hard on a lot of your surrealist stuff and the pencil sketches and all of that and i guess that could be intimidating to people but because you're a teacher you do a really good job of having tutorials for like really simple you know little drawing projects because i find that a lot when i follow like an artistic channel i'm always blown away by the stuff that they do it doesn't really give me confidence that i can do that too is that they, they are immediately already 
great and they're already like they're they're painting like the new schwanstein castle or something like that and i'm like well that looks cool i don't think i could do that um i'm like show me how to draw a banana and then you know you scroll down through your list of videos and you're like here's how you draw a banana like start here and i just think that's really cool because i think a lot of people get really intimidated when they see someone so talented and that's another thing too is that you are you know, fairly talented, obviously, but you, you teach so well. And I don't think that's always common. I don't think extremely talented people are, are always great at instructing other people um, to, to be good. And that's something that your videos do so, so well. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because I really enjoyed that. I mean, it's, it's obvious that you're a teacher, uh, but it's very apparent in these videos. And, and like Alex, I was kind of rifling through my drawers earlier, looking for old pencils and sketchbooks. I'm like, <laughs> I want to try to draw something. So it's it's very good. Yeah, thank you. It's um, I think probably the reason is because I've been teaching uh, for many years, uh, mainly, you know, art classes um, and stuff like this. So now I've got my own little art school and I teach um, my students small classes. I keep numbers small. So, you know, they can be a lot of one to one help as well. I think that's important, too. Um, yeah, so I do give out a lot of instructions and I do demonstrations and things like that. So a lot of the things that I do film, I probably have gone over them, you know, a few, a few times <laughs> at least. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I actually, I really do enjoy teaching as well because it's kind of a like, you know, it's that whole process of passing on your knowledge, you know, because mm. a lot of the knowledge that I have gathered, it would be from, you know, very different places. I've started my... Um, art education when I was in Russia. I was born in Moscow. And I did art school, you know, there. I did not get to complete it fully because I had to move. Um, you know, my family moved to New Zealand and I moved with them. And then I studied here as well. So first I did Bachelor's of Fine Arts and then I did my postgraduate here as well in New Zealand, Auckland, um, University of Auckland. Um, and I have sort of a, been exposed to many different ways of teaching styles as well mm. um so for example like in russia i did lots of different courses you know besides the art school as well and a lot of the things that are there are focused on the technique at least when you're a student you know you you don't do abstract art you don't do anything conceptual you right. don't you know this is this is for when you become an artist at the moment you're a student so here is a I don't know, a vase and an apple and, and this is what you need to draw the way it is, you know, no fantasy, no nothing, just, you know, you work on what you see. And in some ways, you know, some people would say, oh, this, but this is so boring. It takes away from your personal style, but you really get the technique down, you know, you yes. really know how to look at the light and the shade and all the basics. Um, like for example, for my exam, like just to show you the difference for my exam to go into like art school in Russia, I had to sit an exam, you know, I had to come in and sit an exam and it was a two hour drawing exam. And then it was a two hour painting exam. Um, and it was for, they just, you know, I'd, I'd show up there and there'd be a whole bunch of other students as well, who obviously, you know, all wanted to get in. And uh, they would put up their still life in front of us. Mm. And there'd be, I don't know how many, maybe like 50 or, you know, you know, around 50 students in the class, all having those easels, all sitting there and frantically sketching that, whatever they've put in front of you. 
and then they you have to swap and you put watercolor paper on and then you do the same thing in watercolor so by the end of those hours you had to produce two separate artworks Um, they had to be done very realistically you know of course in whatever style that you learned to do until then and then they just put them all in the floor and in like about i think four rows or so and so the row on the bottom was like the worst one so these people straight away don't go, don't get in so they don't even know your name they just if you see that you pretty much have failed and if you failed your art exam you failed everything else oh my goodness oh, then, oh my yeah goodness. then if you're in the top row then you are 100 percent getting in and wow. then the other two rows which is like good or like somewhat good um, then they see how many people have applied to, you know, how many spaces can they offer to these people. So, yeah, it's a very different way, you know, mm. so it's very nerve-wracking and you're sitting there and you're drawing and what if your, I don't know, fingers are sore? It doesn't matter. You just have to do it right <laughs> then and there. I'm yeah. sweating just um, thinking about that. Oh, my gosh, that is nerve-wracking. Wow. That's, yeah, and that, that was the exam, yeah. That was the exam that you went through. Yeah, oh that my. was in Russia and Moscow. And yeah. then, say, when I came... To New Zealand, it was very different. Um, there wasn't so much interest in about in, in like how realistically you can sketch your objects, you know, huh. how well can you render and things like that. It was more of an interview and what are your artist's models and where are you heading and what do you feel about this and how, you know, very different. And the teaching style as well was very different. We were very driven towards conceptual art and things like that, you know. What do you so, prefer? Do you have a preference of... I mean, they both have their, you know, you, you, you obviously need to know the, uh, you know, the basics as, you know, like, like you learned in Russia. But um, it, it, I'm sure the New Zealand stuff has its own strengths, too, right? Like, what is there a preference yes. that you have between the two teaching styles? Um, well, you see, the um, for example, what I got in Russia is I was taught, you know, how to look at objects, how to sketch them down, how to, you know, sort of a, create the three-dimensional um, composition on your pretty much flat paper, you know, with just using sh- shadow and light. And that's what you do, you know, mm. with, with art like that. Uh, you did not really need to use and bring in any of your own creativity, you know? It was all about the technique. Uh, Whereas, for example, at least, you know, where I was studying, and then in Auckland, you know, when uh, when I was in New Zealand, it's very different. So in some situations when I wanted to create, you know, and I wanted to try doing, you know, like realistic portraiture and things like that, and then I was actually, you know, people would question, well, why would you paint this? You know, you can take a photograph instead. You know, things like that. Like, oh, it was geez. more about a concept than, than the skill. And in fact, skill was kind of a, this was also like, you know, like, I think early 2000s as well. Mm. And, you know, it was like a big thing that painting is dead. You know, you'd get all of these That's right. know, teachers, students going around saying painting is dead. There'll yes. be no more painting. I dealt with the same thing when I was in, uh, I went to tech school for graphic design, but I did take some illustration classes and I got told the same thing back in 2001, 2002, all that stuff. It's like, don't bother. And I'm like, but I want to bother. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you get, I think, like my personal opinion is that I think it should still be offered, you know, because some people, you know. 
and if it, it, there's no need to push people to do this, you know, it's like, it's, you know, with Russia and New Zealand, it's like two completely opposite schools of, right. you know, looking at art and teaching art. But there should be something in the middle where if someone wants to know how to place the shadows, if someone wants to know how to clean your brush after you've used oil paint, for example, like there were students, especially when I came back, you know, um, to do my postgraduate, the people that didn't know that you need to use terps to clean off oil paint off the brush, you know, they thought that you could do it with water and salt. So some basic things like that, you know, that are missing. And it sort of feels a little bit like there's something lacking. And yet, if you're constantly just told what to do, and there's mm. no creativity, yes, you've got the skill, but then you're kind of like a, I don't know, a drawing monkey, you're just copying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> so it's like, you sort of want to, you want to have a bit of both. That's my opinion, yes. but it, it's, I guess, the way that I went. <laughs> so <laughs> You bring yeah. up such a good point uh, about uh, the fundamentals of just artistry in general, uh, with drawing, with painting, where um, I, we, my girlfriend and I, uh, we, my girlfriend's niece, she is 14 years old. So she's asking, uh, she's going through a lot of like stuff that she doesn't want to do. And she, <laughs> like, she, like math and, you know, that kind of stuff. And she has no interest in this at all. So uh, we have to come up with creative ways to explain why it's important <laughs> to her that she try at these subjects. They're ultimately brain exercises, like how people exercise their muscles with just jogging or walking or uh, lifting weights. You're doing that with your brain, uh, with math and with science and with stuff like that. Uh, it's the same. It works the mm -hmm. same way with art, where they're they're just brain exercises. They're and so for teachers to say painting is dead, whatever. I think that's BS. Like, no, painting should never be dead because those techniques are brain exercises. They should teach you how to do certain things. They should teach you to think in a certain way and teach you to open your mind up to different things. So I'm 100% with you on that, that it should not be anything that, you know, is brushed aside lightly. Yes, exactly. I, I yeah. I think you definitely said it. And, you know, especially when people just delve into that sort of a world, you know, when they haven't done much painting or drawing, and then they come in and then they have a class on how to, for example, work on landscapes, you know, yeah, um, how to look at trees and things. And then they tell me the next time, like, when I was driving, all I was looking is at trees <laughs> and they're so different to what I, I love thought that. they were. <laughs> That's you so know? great. It's like... Yeah, it's same with sky. What color is the sky? Blue. <laughs> That's what people tell you. It's it's very rarely blue. It's no. actually like all types of shades of gray exactly. with a bit of blue, a bit of pink, a bit of like there's so much yellow in there. So it's, you know, and you don't see this until you actually start to try and, you know, try and represent it in your work. And then you realize that, hang on, if I paint the whole thing blue, it actually looks just a bit too flat, you know? Mm -hmm. that's, so That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely, definitely opens your mind up. And it, you know, and especially if you're doing it not just once, like you come to the class and you do this once. But if this is something that becomes part of your life, then it definitely changes the way you look at things, the way you see things, you start to see, I think, more than just one point as well, you know, in any situation. Absolutely. And, and it's, yeah. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. And you brought up a good point about the, the colors too, because I, I watched today, actually I let my daughter, she's she's less than two, we don't let her watch 
any TV or anything, but I was like, how, how harmless could it be to let her, let her watch, you know, you draw a cat. And so we're, we're sitting there, we're watching you draw this cat. And uh, my wife is there too. We're all gathered around the TV. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to talk to this person later. It's going to be awesome. And so we're watching you draw this cat. And then at some point you pull out a color and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if this cat has that color. And then like a minute later, I'm like, ah, she nailed it. That, that was what it needed. That was exactly <laughs> what it needed. I had no idea that cat had maroon in its ear and that's great. So yeah, it is. It's it's kind of mind-boggling to watch you um, or watch any artist do things and 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 sculpt things in a way that you wouldn't really think it should work, and then it always turns out well, not always, but it it usually will turn out um, better than you might expect, uh, given what goes into it. And it makes me kind of want to ask you, what are some of your artistic inspirations? Are there any any painters with either modern or classical that you um, look up to or, or get a lot of inspiration from? Um, for my work, I don't really, um, um, it's mainly the things that are around me that sort of inspire me. Sometimes even things that are not connected to art, but maybe, um, more connected to psychology or, you know, things like that, that actually inspire me for my work. But I really do love looking at, you know, other people's art as well. And there are just so many different artists, um, you know, for different things. And of course, I've got, you know, a whole bunch of, say, for example, Russian artists, you know, mm. like, for example, Shilov, you know, he's like so amazing with portraiture, just the skill of painting, you know, not only does he paint his portrait so well, he also chooses different subjects and just through the face and through the face expression, you know, it just tells a whole story. So I find things like that really fascinating. Then there's like people like um, artists like Vysnitsov, you know, and he was really into like Russian um, folk sort of a tales and things like that. So a lot of his art is sort of a, inspired by that. And I'm, I sort of, a, I'd say I belong to the pop um, surrealism style of painting or I don't know, art niche or whatever you want to call it. And of course, there are lots of pop surrealists whose work I find, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, a lot of them sort of uh, do work on the, rather you know as prints and things like that but still really amazing you know people like um natalie Shaw, for example and just whatever you know whatever i think she comes up with just always looks so cool so yeah there are lots of <laughs> lots of people i probably <laughs> i don't want to be naming too many names because i know i'll probably forget to put <laughs> right, someone right. in and then yeah but yeah there's there's lots of really interesting art out there you, you yeah. spoke to that style that you um the pop uh surrealism and mm -hmm. in a lot of your work I mean, to me, and I'm, this is just, you know, I've not, I've not researched your work for, for a very long time, but just on the surface, there seems to be a lot of attention to a, a few things that jump out to me in a lot of your work, which are, number one, obviously the eyes are very catching. Um, there's a lot of jewels, typically, and furry animals uh, tend to show up a lot. Are, are those things that are, you know, fascinations for you or things that you specifically just enjoy drawing, so you incorporate them into a lot of your work? Um, there are different, um, it's sort of like each type kind of belongs to its own little, um, I wouldn't say a period because a lot of them are ongoing. So it's um, mainly, how would I say it? So I would have like a, like a, a specific little niche where there are more like portraits, you know, like more, mm -hmm. more creatures that remind us more of the human beings. They're not actually human beings. They are souls of human beings that sort of go oh, on from 
from okay. one lifetime to another lifetime and they accumulate you know different experiences you know it can be knowledge it can be you know specific emotions so they live through different um times and then they kind of carry it all with them as well you know so each sort of painting would have its own little clues so there's a lot of symbolism in my work mm-hmm. i think um because of that and uh i think another thing as well is that a lot of them because they're so symbolic i think people try and you know when they try and look at them and they try and sort of uh, decide what it is everyone comes up with their own story yeah. and a lot of the times i think it's built it's it's based you know the, those stories are based on their own life experiences um, mm. on their own way of, you know, whatever they have gone through in their life, whatever they have seen previously, all of those things sort of a um, plug in to help them create this, the story. And so one painting can have 10 different stories because 10 different people looked at it and told me what they thought it was about. And I find it really interesting the way how some people would focus on few details and some people would completely ignore them. Like they, they would never even notice those things. Hmm. Um, so it, it, there's this, there's a lot of that, I think, psychological background as well to the way that the work can unravel itself, you know, in the eyes of the viewer. So, that, yeah. That kind of stuff fascinates me. I love that kind yeah. of stuff. It, it's really interesting because... Um, it's, it's like interpreting the lyrics of a song. The artist might have a certain intent... And it might mean something to the person that wrote it, but to the person that listens, it's completely different. It could it could be anything to any number of people. So you've talked about your artistic inspirations. When you started your YouTube channel, did you have any YouTube channels that you looked toward that you were like, I want to be like that person or I want to be I want to do this with my channel Were there was there anybody in mind that you had? Um, it's quite funny because I've never really set up to do like a youtube channel youtube channel i know it sounds sort of a little bit strange but um i started doing videos because i wanted to show a bit more of the process of my work because um uh when was it i think a couple of years ago now um Mm -hmm. i had a person who showed up in in my show i had a show in in london in uk and this person really liked my art but said that they didn't believe me that I painted my works they thought I was printing them or something like what? that I don't know something really strange wow like it's <laughs> almost thought, like a compliment but not really <laughs> yeah it sort of felt weird because I mean you can sort of see when you look closely that there are brush strokes mm-hmm. um, yeah. but at the same time I mean I don't know I mean everyone's got different yeah you know eyesight and I mean I, it, so it was kind of a little bit weird and it made me th- think that maybe I should actually do videos where you know people can actually see my process from the beginning till the end so I've done a couple of videos like that and then um, I've um, I sort of thought because I sort of also teach it will be quite good to do like an overview on for example some basic art materials and things like that just just in case for example my students might decide to do some art at home and they might want to buy something you know or something like that so they might look into that so I did I filmed one tutorial um, where I was just it was like my first tutorial where I talked um, and it was about uh, graphite materials Mm. and then um, my good friend from university time Ariel she just shared 
that video on, I think, one of the ASMR things. I can't remember what it was. It was <laughs> um, Reddit, I think. It was on Reddit. Oh, wow. And I would have never even thought in a million years about, I mean, I've heard about <laughs> That's ASMR. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah, but never in a million years would I thought that I would be getting into something like that or that my voice is ASMR-ish or, you know, it was just really, um, it was all very new. So a lot of new discoveries even for myself that I've found out um, through having a YouTube channel. Do you know Bob Ross and his his work? And, yes. Yeah, Bob, Bob Ross is the same sort of deal where he as uh you know he started his pbs channel or his pbs channel his uh <laughs> his pbs show about uh mm -hmm. you know just painting and at, at a certain point he understood i guess maybe somebody got in his ear or something like that and said like hey um people are are watching you not only to for your painting process and to understand your your process and how to paint and all that sort of stuff but they're listening to you to relax because you're such an easygoing guy and it's so you know your your voice is so calming and he just kind of leaned into that and was like okay fine if that's what people are watching for then I'll just do I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and sure enough like the guy has uh I'm subscribed to his <laughs> you know he's he passed away in 95 but he still has an active mm -hmm. Twitch channel uh, that I'm subscribed to that I religiously watch because Bob Ross is the greatest. <laughs> and um, you're, you're kind of in the same category where it's like, not only am I watching this to relax, but man, oh man, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> so it's fantastic that you're kind of in the same vein. And I hope people listening to this uh, catch on to your channel because uh seriously anybody watching this like please go check out uh Layla's channel because it's amazing uh her work is amazing but it's she's a great teacher so please do that <laughs> oh thank you thank you so much guys um yeah and it's just it's just one of those things I think the next thing that happened was that um it was pure unintentional SMR channel that got in touch with me and said is it okay if we share your your video and I was like, why is this like SMR? This is so strange. It's so strange. Yeah, what was your reaction when you it, it, like? So that was pretty much it. Like, uh, what? Why would you do that? Like, it was just pure confusion. Like, uh, why would you do? <laughs> How is this a thing at all? Like, do you watch any other ASMR videos at all yourself or no? Or well, after all that, I started watching them. Just... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, when I was, you know, when I thought I might, you know, when I was doing that first um, tutorial, I thought I might film some more as well. And I did want things to be more on the relaxing side than, mm. um, you know, sort of like, because I thought, you know, people would want to watch this, say, for example, they come home from work and they want to have a nice, you know, and sort of a time to unwind. Um, they don't really want someone screaming to them from, you know, the screen of their computer, pick up your pencil and draw now, you know? It's sort of a little bit, it's a bit too much. And also, yeah. I think it would be quite hard for me, uh, just personally, to keep up with that kind of energy. So I thought that uh, probably, you know, just, just keeping it more, you know, sort of a more relaxing, but again, like not the ASMR type of a level relaxing, you know what I mean? So that was a big surprise, yeah.
what do your do your students i know that you know the the youtube channel was sort of a way to maybe facilitate some of the teachings but do they have any you know opinion on the on the asmr aspect of things um i think some of my students quite like it um especially <laughs> the younger i think um you know population yeah you know sort of teenagers i think they they quite like the asmr factors just because it's apparently it's you know it's a big thing it's it's everywhere now and um yeah but it's i i still you know even when i do those videos and i do say in the videos you know that they are relaxing and i hope you get to you know enjoy them um they are still the the main thing for me is to make them educational that's mm -hmm. that's still the main thing that's why i have sort of a almost like a little bit of a problem i still don't know i do put in sometimes smr sometimes i put unintentional mm. smr but to me <laughs> i see them more as unintentional smr because they are relaxing but they are they're not just done for the purpose of being relaxing to give people i don't know tingles or whatever it is that you know <laughs> smr right. thing is meant to be it's more of a of a you know learning video you know video to 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 teach people you know specific techniques or you know process or something like this and then if some people who don't want to follow but they get you know a relaxation out of it then you know it's even better than you know yeah. even more people are getting you know helped by whatever i'm doing which is like to me it feels great it's like getting two things with you know that's why i make the bob sort of a, yeah that's why i make the bob ross comparison is because I learned so much from watching him and I still have so many of his sayings and Trav has heard so many of them. <laughs> he's, he's <Yeah. laughs> all, all the, you know, happy accidents and all that sort of stuff. And, but no, I, if, if, if it's just the relaxing for the sake of relaxing, that has kind of a shorter shelf life. I think, I think that's, uh, wears out as well, wears out its welcome a little bit quicker but if there's substance behind the video and if there's substance behind the content, um, I think there's more to that that uh, people can dig into and be like, hey, I learned something from watching. You know, it, it, as Bob Ross would say, the ASMR stuff is a happy accident. It just kind of happened. <laughs> so Yeah, it definitely just happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at least for me. It's <laughs> very, it, yeah. It's, it and so you're up to like 6,000 subscribers now. I remember way back in the day, <laughs> like back in January or something like that, you had like less than 1,000 and now you're like this super popular gal. First and foremost, I think I'm an artist. And then I also, you know, run my art classes. And now I've started doing this. I don't know where this is going to take me, but um, it's been quite interesting. And as I said, I found out a lot of things about myself. You know, it's just, yeah, it's uh, definitely, it'll be interesting to see what sort of comes from it. And um, yeah. And I, also, I think, you know, these days with the viruses, with all the closures and things like that, yes. I think there is something... Um, there is something about sort of a, a being able to expose my art, you know, what I do and oh. my teaching and things like that through um, the internet, you know, through social media, YouTube, you know, things like that. Because it sort of seems like things are a little bit unstable, you know, mm -hmm. in our real life. So the computer yes. life, <laughs> um, is, you know, is, is um, perhaps that's something that's going to develop even more. I don't know. But yeah, For things are... 
I probably changing. Who knows? Absolutely. It probably, I think we better get used to this lifestyle because I don't think it's going to be, especially us in the States over here. Uh, Trav, (laughs) I don't know about you, but, uh, I, I, I've, I'm, (laughs) I just started adapting to the webcam style, uh, the zoom style. I, I try to stay off of camera, but this past week I'm like, it really seems like this isn't going to change anytime soon. So I better, I better hop on and get used to this while I can. Uh, and I really scared the heck out of my co-host here by appearing on camera out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, wasn't expecting it the other night. We were going to get on for a quick chat, and he just appeared on screen. I'm like, we've been (laughs) podcasting for months, and I've never seen you. Uh, He could have been anybody. I had no idea. Um, Another another thing I wanted to bring up, though, before we close her down here, is that, um, you know, obviously – a lot of your art is is uh, on paper or canvas or some physical medium, but the the way you edit your videos is also uh, very nicely done because you you know your stuff takes it takes some of them up to six six days if you're drawing a, a graphite uh, thing that I just watched earlier today, or you know they could be a watercolor thing that takes only a few uh, minutes or less than an hour. So the way that you're able to compress, you know, everything that you want to do, like the beginning to end of the piece, and then also speed through certain parts, but still leave in what's important and still keep um, your, your instructive points that you want to make in there as well. I think all of that's really well done. And I tried to go back to some of your early videos to be like, you know, is this something that you got better at over time? But it seemed like you always kind of had a pretty good grasp on how to do all that stuff. So do you have like a background at all with anything video editing wise, or is this just sort of been learning as you go? Oh my goodness. No, it's, um, it's, it's very, very new thing. Um, <laughs> as I've done my like first, I think video, I've got a video there from years ago and my husband put it together. Um, and I had no idea how to use anything. So, it's just pretty much you you see the learning process <laughs> i'm editing them on iMovie and just because i have it on my computer <laughs> right right it's um yeah no it's it's definitely something very very new well at least it was you know when i started doing them now i kind of you know at least i know how to use iMovie now <laughs> <laughs> so that's good um yeah it's um no i'm i'm not very good with um technology i would say overall i'm much more of a sort of a diy person i don't know if that makes sense it like does I, I, you know. uh, because of your channel especially <laughs> because you're an artist <laughs> yeah i sort of like you know you know i'm just whatever it is you know I'd, I'd, it, it'll be easier for me to probably learn how to i don't know knit for example than for me to <laughs> you know do something with you know something technical for example but I mean, you know, if you have to, you have to, you just do it. So if, yeah. if, you know, when I got the idea, okay, I need to film the process and I have to do something, well then, you know, I'll just take it one step at a time. <laughs> when there's a will, there's just, a way. Yeah. And and yeah. I think that's the thing, you know, you don't expect things to be perfect because if you put mm. um, sort of a really high expectations, well, it has to be like, I don't know, those, you know, nature shows that you see on TV or something like this, then of course you wouldn't even come close to the camera. But if you think, well, I'll do it the way it is, like, you know, even if it's like a two minute video, I think one of the first ones that I did a drawing there is like really short. It's just a couple of minutes. But I thought, you know, then I do this, then at least I know how to do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And that, it's, yeah. That's such a good point about uh, people put their standards against like, 
David Attenborough's, you know, TV series on BBC. And it's like, yeah, oh, that, yeah, people, exactly. people should not be doing that because that stuff is painstakingly put together over a series of months and months. And so much work goes into that. And they're using, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment and stuff like that. It's like, please do not measure yourself against planet Earth or, yeah. pl- or blue, yeah. blue. Uh, what's what's the other one called? The the ocean one. There's life in the undergrowth. Yeah, blue plant, yeah. Yeah, all that stuff is brilliantly done. But oh my goodness, like <laughs> if if that's your uh, standard, and, yeah, like you should back off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly and and the thing is you have to realize that all of these professionals that are there they did they weren't just like a three month old and knowing how to edit these perfect <laughs> right. videos and film them right you know they went through a, a learning process you know they they've studied and their first one was always you know wasn't that good you know at least not as good as the ones that they're producing now mm. there's um there's a saying there's a russian saying and it says that you know, whenever you're making pancakes, your first pancake is always a lump. And it sort of naturally happens, you know, because your like skillet or whatever you're doing is not heated up properly or, you know, your batter mm-hmm. is not mixed in properly. So, that, that you know, you should have that first lump in whatever you're learning to do, <laughs> because without that lump, you won't get the good ones coming afterwards, you know. I remember my first so, yeah. pancake. Uh, it, wa- it was literally a lump. <laughs> and... Uh, the butter w- did not melt entirely, and it was. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. I remember that I was li- I was living by myself <laughs> for the first time, and yeah, I I just took the butter out of the fridge, <laughs> and yeah, it was just a lump of butter with uh, flour and egg around it, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> you don't come out of the womb knowing how to make pancakes. That's for dang sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you have to learn. So you, whatever you're doing, the first one, you have to expect it to be a lump. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, once you know it's going to be a lump, at least you're not scared. Okay, that's a lump. That's right. So the next one is going to be a bit of a better I mean, lump. I mean, I still ate it. <laughs> better so lump, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a better, it was a better <laughs> lump the second time. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. sure. So in addition to your uh, your YouTube channel, you have a website, right, where people can find, like, some of your work or maybe how to contact you if they wanted to to be a student? Yes, yes. It's um, leilataiartist.com. Um, I also have a Patreon as well account. So, you know, if someone wants to see some extra videos or something like this, then people can find me there as well. Um, and there are different things like people can request videos and, you know, if they need help with something specific, then I can do, you know, one-to-one things with them as well. Um, yeah, most, most of the things, you know, that if someone just wants to start to see things and they can just check the YouTube, um, channel. Very cool. All right. Well, I guess that about does it. Alex, do you have any more questions? You've been a fantastic guest, by the way. Thank you so much. Oh, man, you've been Oh, wonderful. thank you guys for having me. You've it's been fun. you've been thank wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to have a e- chat. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, that's been another Drunk Friend podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We might even read it out here on the show. You never know. If you want to hear more podcasts from our crew, you can check out polykill.com and poke around. And if you got nothing to say in email, don't worry about it. Uh, you can still contribute to the podcast by rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. It helps us out a lot, and it only takes a second. That's right. You can find us all on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And 
Layla, I guess, uh, other than the Patreon and the YouTube and the website, do you have any other social media platforms you'd push? Um, I am on Instagram as well. So, okay, so they, is it is your Instagram like your an artist thing or is it a personal thing or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's the artist thing. Yeah, it's Layla Ataya artist. I think. Okay. I think yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it great. just shows how much yeah attention I pay to all those things. <laughs> Fair enough. And that music you heard at the beginning of the podcast and right here at the end was composed by our friend Kulor, and the theme song is called Electric Starbound. So you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And if our logo has you thirsty, you can thank Josh Leslie for that. That's all right. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. Cheers.